How's it going, Diane? Ain't nothing to it. What's it? Not too much. What are you doing? Oh, it's trying to get this old car together. Yeah. Let me get your hand. You've heard of black exploitation films, but do you know about Charles Burnett and the LA Rebellion? In this episode of The Drunk Projectionist, we talk with writer-director Charles Burnett, one of the founders of the LA Rebellion. In the 1970s, Burnett and a few other African-American filmmakers rejected how blacks were being portrayed in American cinema. Instead of films featuring flamboyant characters, kicking ass, and crime-filled dramas like Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, Foxy Brown, and Shaft, Burnett wanted to show the struggles of everyday people. So, as a film student at UCLA, he made the widely acclaimed Killer of Sheep. The moody, black-and-white film tells the story of a middle-aged man who works in a sheep slaughterhouse. He's married, he's a father, and he's struggling with depression. Much of the film features vivid images of children playing on railroad tracks, throwing rocks at each other, dressing up in dog masks, and leaping between buildings. The images pop in a magnetic yet low-key way. Completed in 1977, the U.S. Library of Congress added Killer of Sheep to the National Film Registry in 1990. This is an important, terrific film, and we're honored to have Charles Burnett on the podcast. Stay tuned. The Drunk Projectionist is next. My name is Charles Burnett. I'm a writer-director. I made a film called Killer Sheep. No, I'm not going to kill myself. I got a feeling I might do somebody else some harm, though. When I went to, first went to UCLA, it was virtually, you might say, all white. There was few people of color in the film department. They were making films about, you know, sexual revolution, flower children, all this sort of thing like that, you know. And those were the, the, the topics I weren't interested in because I, and I was from, you know, South Central, and we were, in, we were concerned about, you know, other issues, you know, um, civil rights, because the civil rights movement had been taking place at the time and all the Panthers and all that sort of thing. A lot of social issues were dominant. And so when, when I got in film, the, the idea was to make films that reflected what the black community was like and what the black experience was like and tell stories that sort of repudiated or, or contradict the narrative that Hollywood was producing, continuously perpetuating. And so there was a progressive group on campus that were mostly well-to-do kids who were uh, making films about the working class some of them had parents who owned factories and rogue factories and things like that were making films about how workers were being exploited. And, and, and what they had was this formula where the employees would work together and form a union in spite of the, the opposition resistance from the management, and that's where the struggle was. And then the, it, they succeeded in forming a union, and then everything was happy after that, you know. Right, <laughs> yes. But in my case, and the people I knew, that wasn't the case at all. Getting the job wasn't, was, was one thing, holding on to it, and getting paid an adequate wage and all that sort of thing. There, was, there, were, there were more issues. And so there wasn't any kind of panacea, any kind of formula that, that, that would, you know, you say ABC and, and ABCD and whatever would happen, you know, uh, following that. 
you know, you just endured, you get a job, you lose it, you get another one. It was, it was an ongoing struggle continuously. It was, it was never ending. And so those are the kind of people I wanted to, uh, the stories I wanted to tell. And, and the people that I looked up to were, the, were people who stayed with their families and, and sort of tried to work things out. Uh, you know, worked themselves to death in a way at these hard jobs, you know. Because I used to, when I was, a friend of mine's father was um, a plasterer. And in the summertime, we would go, <clears throat> go to work with him. And we would do all this hard work, uh, clean up after that, you know, did all the, the, the construction and stuff like that. And we'd take all the cement out of the bathtubs, all this kind of stuff, you know. And, or, 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 or try to keep the mixer working. And that was hard. I mean, that was, you know, I couldn't do that. I realized, no, that's not my, you know, that was kind of a, small, thin kind of a person at the time, you know, and uh, no, I, I, I couldn't, I, I would, I'd be dead if I did that any long period of time, so, but I, mean, I mean, those are the kind of people I looked up to, and, and then when Hollywood was doing, was distorting, you know, the, the sort of people in my community that were uh, uh, doing the right thing, so I wanted to make films about that, and as opposed to uh, prescribing some sort of method of overcoming uh, history of, of disparities and things like that, you know, and, and racial injustice. How did the idea of Killer of Sheep come to you? I wanted to do a film where I didn't impose my values on this narrative, but I captured things that I had seen growing up in my community you know, that kids I, or, or young men that I knew experienced and put those very same images and, and incidents in a film in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a way where it sort of suggests a, a movement, a, 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 a narrative, you know, and uh, without imposing, you know, one of these kind of structures where, like I said, you do ABC and then D happens, whatever. Yeah, when I watched Killer of Sheep the first time 10 years ago, I got the sense that I was just there with these people almost experiencing it with them it was it was it was that kind of film is he fine come get your raggedy bike you dog you better come get this raggedy thing you better take it home yeah, like I said. Yeah, I, I, I wanted it to be, have this sort of <clears throat> documentary uh, uh, appeal or look to it. At the same time, in adding to that, I didn't want it to have anything connected with, you know, um, you know, like you set up shots and, and backlighting and all this sort of thing and have the, you know, the, all the proper cuts and angles and things like that. It was like if you shot a documentary, you had to get what you take, I mean, get what you, I mean, take what you get and move on, you know, that kind of stuff. Even though it was scripted, you know, and storyboarded, uh, I wanted to give the illusion that it was, I just set the camera up and just capture what was there, and, but that wasn't the case at all. But anyway, that's the, the kind of effect I wanted. Girl, come on in this house. You know I told you about listening to grown folks talk? The idea was to do two things. One, to bring filmmaking to the community and, and, and demystify film and, ha and show the kids, I mean, have the kids experience what filmmaking was about. So it was educational. A part of it was educational in and, and, and that way. But it was, it was also, if we had hoped to, to show it in the communities and where you, you look at it and you say, well, this is the, the, the life of this particular person. How would you address his problems, you know, uh, and what 
at what point, uh, what, where, where would you tackle the problem? You know, this, this is everything you would see basically. And so, so what do we do from here? So in an earlier interview, uh, you said, uh, I like to begin with a solid image, a solid idea of theme, and then a potential storyline. What, what was the solid image you thought of when you made Killer of Sheep? No, I was interested in how kids sort of uh, watch adults act and how the, 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 the games that they play are, are, are very hard and destructive, but at the same time it prepares you for, for life and how to socialize and things like that, you know, how to be a, be a man. Because the, the thing about it is to, to survive, and these kids had these methods of, of growing up where I think it, it creates moral problems. You know, like when I was growing up, and the opening scene of of, of Killer Sheep, where the, the one of the parents tells this young kid, you know, about protecting the family and his brother, and even if your brother's wrong or whatever it is, you know, you don't let anyone uh, take advantage of him or beat him up or anything. You let anyone jump on your brother again, and you just stand and watch, boy, I'll beat you to death. I don't care who started what, or whether he was winning or losing. Boy, you get a stick or a goddamn brick in anything, and you knock the shit out of whoever's fighting your brother. Because if anything was to happen to me or your mother, you ain't got nobody except your brother. Uh, when I, I was coming up, that was a sort of um, uh, an idea or, or, or form that, that I think every kid in my, that I knew heard or, or experienced. I, if it wasn't told, you understood it. It was in the atmosphere. It was, the, you know, just the fabric of the community, you know. This is what you do, you know, when someone is attacking your brother or family, whatever it is, you know, you defend them. and You don't ask questions of who's right or wrong, you know. So, and, and, I, and I thought... That was, you know, I, I, I couldn't reconcile that, but I understood it, you know. And so that was one of the things I was interested in. And also the, the image of this family being torn apart um, by, you know, they didn't want, you know, uh, anything to happen, but social pressures were, you know, alienating or straight making Stan, who's played by Henry Gale Sanders and Casey Moore, who was a wife, you know, this, cause they, they're, they're like middle-aged couple, like in the... Uh, late thirties of yeah, late thirties. Just trying to uh, you know to to do the right thing, you know, teach their kids, you know, certain values. And but at the same time, if you if you see, there's a moment in there where the the oldest son, this must have been like twelve or thirteen or something like that. He comes out of the door when they're all all out on the porch. The family's out on the porch, and he asks his mother. Can he go to the movies or something? He has his mother or something, but but he asks. But he starts off by saying, "My dear, come back here, girl, and put on your shoes. If you get sick, I ain't got no money to take you to the doctor." My dear, can I have a dollar? See, a long-headed boy. How many times did I tell you don't call your mother my dear? You in the country or something? A lot of us from from the South, Texas, Arkansas, you name it. You know, Louisiana, Mississippi. So we tried to to get away from those sounds and, and expressions that, that, that sort of branded you and, and linked you with the South, uh, this country. And so it was this old attitude that you don't want to be from the South, even though most people in Los Angeles and the black community were from 
those places, you know, and it was, it was very rare that you found people who uh, were born in, in Los Angeles. And so uh, that was one of the things I wanted to comment too, that the, the values that we had were, you know, we uh, just, just got rid of them, you know, and, and we didn't quite bridge or understand, you know, the value of having, you know, that linked into the South. One of the things that's that's so fantastic about Killer of Sheep are the the visual images. I mean, in nearly every scene, there's something that's 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 striking. That's that's just terrifically set up. You know, where the camera is stationary and something is happening, and you're just enthralled. Uh, how 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 were you influenced by still photography? Well, I used to 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 look at uh, a lot of still photos. In fact, what I wanted to do really was. In between being an electronic uh, in- engineer and and filmmaking, I think I was excited about being a photojournalist. You know, I had seen a lot of black and white f- journalist photography work. You know, and uh, I was impressed by the images, what a single image c- can can convey. And so I I, uh, I actually bought a 35 camera, used used 35 camera, and started my uh, first day of photojournalism by documenting things in the community and the first thing a thing I went to was this poor young lady who died of an overdose and and part of her, her was in the doorway I mean the ambulance was there but they hadn't taken her out yet or anything like that so everyone was standing around so I had this camera and I just start taking pictures and, and walking up and in close and the police didn't do anything you know they didn't kick me tell me to get back or get lost or anything so uh, the more they allowed me, the more I just took advantage of it, you know, and I was just clicking away, clicking away, clicking away. And so this a very attractive girl, she had cerebral palsy or something. So uh, I had stopped to reload, and uh, and while I was reloading, she sort of hobbled up to me and, and said in a very nice way, why, she asked me, why are you taking pictures? And, and I didn't know what to say, I just said something really stupid like, oh, uh, just for fun. And uh, she said, you take pictures of tragedy just for fun? And all of a sudden, that really hit me, you know, and I, I just put my camera away and say, that's the end of that, you know. And so that, that, that little comment she made, and very nice, you know, she wasn't yelling or anything. She was more, almost concerned about how I felt than, than her hurting my feelings, or, you know. And so I, I, I kind of thought, you know, how decent and she wasn't because a family member and stuff was there and I was so insensitive you know and so forth and so uh, it put me in my place mm-hmm. what's your favorite image from killer of sheep I, I tell you one that disturbs me a lot <laughs> I can put it that way okay what uh, every time I see it I, 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 I cringe there's a shot of these kids jumping over the building or uh, this three-story building and you see it from the bottom up, uh, looking up at these kids flying over the rooftops and stuff. And it's a gap of like three or four feet between the next building to jumping from one building to the next. At the time I was doing that, it never occurred to me what, what happened if those kids fell, you know. And the fact of the matter is they did it all the time, and that's where I got the idea to shoot it from because they were doing it. I just wanted to capture it. But I shouldn't have done, you know, I shouldn't have allowed that to happen, you know, and, and I think about it every time I see it, I say, God, if one of those kids fall, fell, that would have been the end of them, you know, and, and what all sorts of things I've still been going through to this day, the repercussions of it. 
So that makes me cringe a bit when I, when I see that uh, scene. That shows you how, you know, how, how insensitive you are can be. I mean, when you're behind the camera, you, 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 you allow anything to happen and you, you know, can, you know, stand back and look at it at a distance, even when it's happening. So, I, you know, you learn a lot about yourself looking at some of these images, you know, and how, how selfish you are, you know, how selfish you can be. And so that's, you know, one of the concerns. It is a beautiful image, though. And it, it, it actually kind of reminds me of that Asia photo where somebody's kind of jumping over a, a bit of water someplace. Uh-huh. And then I really like the image of the little girl in the dog mask. Uh, you know, because there's there's a scene with, with, with Stan. He's the protagonist of the story, and he's, you know, uh, he's under the sink, and he comes out, and he's talking to a friend of his. And then suddenly his, his daughter shows up, and she's probably five or six years old, and she's got this, this, this big dog mask on, and you're like, wow. It was, everything was storyboarded. And I remember having a mask a while before we shot, long before we shot that scene. Uh, and I should have kept everything, all the records of what my... But the problem with that is that when we were doing it at UCLA, there wasn't any means of distributing film or, or showing it theatrically. So it was never meant to, to be shown, you know, outside of the community, you know. Uh, so I ended up throwing everything away. But I don't know, I, I, I assume that, I don't know. I, I guess I was trying to find the best, yeah. Yeah, it works. Yeah, whatever reason you did it, it works and it's fantastic. Well, the 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 thing I have about that is I try, you know, you you try to to make everything as low key as possible to some extent without calling attention to it, um, uh, because you you didn't want anything to be cute or anything like that. You wanted it to be like this is, you know, something that was there. Like for example, like one of the the, the issues I've always had with the film more than anything <coughs> was the whole title, Killer Sheep, and the, and the fact that there's sheep in the film being slaughtered. And you wanted to, <coughs> not to make that connection symbolically about the slaughter and sheep and the people and all this kind of stuff. It's kind of, uh, you know, fighting an uphill battle because people ask you what's the relationship between the sheep and the people. And I said, well, it's not, it's, it's not really the relationship there. It's I mean, it isn't, it isn't. The, the, the fact of the matter is this guy works in this horrible job, you know, of killing sheep, and the sheep are so placid, they just do whatever. It's ironic because the, 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 a Judas goat leads them up to the killing floor, and they follow the Judas goat, and and then they're, you know, slaughtered. I, I got the idea from this. I was riding a bus one day, and I um, met this young guy who was in work clothes, and I was going my own way to UCLA, and I was um, talking to this guy after a, a few times riding the bus, and I. Got, I was curious about him, and so I asked him some questions about what job he did. And he was telling me that he worked in the slaughterhouse, and what he did and how he did it, you know, killing animals and sheep and stuff like that. At the time, they, they used a sledgehammer on the cows and all this kind of, it was awful the way he described it. And so I figured that that's the, the kind of job my character needs to have in order to have these 
problems, you know, mental problems. That's where the, the idea of the sheep came from. It's to create these nightmares, also the fact that it's a horrible job, but um, you, you know, it, it, it's eating, I guess, if, if you're not a vegetarian, you can say, well, you know, it, it's a natural thing, you know, to some extent in order to survive. You, know, you need the protein or whatever it is, I don't know. But so it's kind of reconcile that, you know, uh, was one of the issues um, I was trying to bring out in the film as well is that, you know, cruelty, there's a, there's a, uh, I guess, um, another side to it, you know. Um, in order to survive, so I guess you have to be cruel. I don't know how to describe it, but. <laughs> right, right, right. But it, it, it does help explain why Stan is so depressed. Yeah. And, and, and that was the idea to, to, to create you know, these images that, you know, affect him over the years, you know, or whatever time he spent doing what he was doing. But the idea, but in reality, unless you're very, very, very sensitive, when I was at this meatpacking place up in uh, Vallejo, Northern California, because you couldn't shoot in, in L.A. in any of those meatpacking places because the vegetarians got in, get in there and started making these movies that were anti-meat, uh, uh, you know, meatpacking places and stuff like that. And so anyway, so I went up there and... Uh, you met a lot of the workers there, and you know they would when they, when they have a, a lunch break, you know they would wash their hands and go and bring out the sandwiches and 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 whatever else and sit on a bench and start eating or go out where there's the benches are and things like that, and uh, and leave these things hanging. You know I I didn't have lunch or anything those days I was there. You know and they couldn't. In fact, when I when it was over, I became a, a temporary vegetarian. You know I couldn't eat meat anymore for a while, but. Yeah, but those guys, you know, they're just, they ring the bell, they go get their lunch, wash your hands and go get a lunch box and, and go and sit down and, and that's it, you know. So um, so you, I guess you get used to anything. Right. <laughs> so so I don't know, Stan was not, uh, apparently Stan wasn't that kind of, that to a certain extent goes, kills animals and they go and, and eat and forget about what he did. It, it sort of slowly worked, worked, worked on his nerve or whatever it is so he was not that particular kind of a person yeah the, there was one point in the film where he says i'm working myself into my own hell i can't get no sleep at night no peace of mind and then and then his friend oscar he says why don't you kill yourself you'll be a lot happier go out like johnny ace no i'm not gonna kill myself I feel it might do somebody else some harm, though. Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 but the thing about it, he's not going to take the easy way out. I mean, he's frustrated and everything like that. But uh, his, his thing is partly that and, and trying to keep um, a, a sense of who he is, self-esteem, and principle. Yeah, and uh, other people can see it, too. They notice that he's down. They, they see that he's depressed. And at one point, a couple of his so-called friends try to get him to help out on a, on a robbery. Now let me tell you, man. It's a one to five proposition offhand. Me and him face a dark day if we have to go before the match. Hey, man, look, I don't want to hear this, man. No, I don't want to hear it. Wait a minute, let the man go tell him to tell you. 
Mm-hmm. Well, look, man, you know somebody to keep their mouth shut? And won't blush to murder? And you know more kind of people like that than I do. He's upset because they, they look at him as depraved to a certain extent, you know, and, and are willing to do anything. I mean, he had opportunities to, to you know, the, the, the lady at the store, at the liquor store, who you know, offered him a job and said, you know, you really don't have to work that hard. You can come and be in the back with me, you know, and that sort of thing. And life can be easy for you. Come, you don't come and work for me. I don't know. Liquor store is getting robbed too much. I just hate to get shot in the hold up. Oh, I protect you. You can work in the back with me. He takes care of the register. You think about it. Why did you put the liquor store scene in the movie? Well, because um, uh, that liquor store was around the corner from my house, and, and it was sort of like a meeting place, a watering hole, you know. You would always, I mean, you would always go to the liquor store for some reason, you, you know. It, it was, I mean, they had supermarkets, but I, I, I think I've been... Th- <laughs> buying more things at the liquor store than I did any other place else. I mean, just about it, not everything, not no fruits or anything like that, but, you know, milk, uh, they had sugar, they had things um, that you just, it was so much a part of, of the reality of, of, of the neighborhood and the community. You know, I, <clears throat> I guess they had more than stores, they had liquor stores in almost every corner, you know, so you didn't have to walk too far to get to one, you know. Right, which makes sense for putting it in the movie. Well, uh, Charles Burnett, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. That's Charles Burnett, writer-director of Killer of Sheep. Burnett is also known for My Brother's Wedding, 1983, and To Sleep with Anger, a 1990 movie starring Danny Glover. Our website, thedrunkprojectionist.com, features stills from Killer of Sheep and more information on Burnett. So check it out. Oh, and can I ask you a favor? Please review us on iTunes and tell a friend about our podcast. Thanks. This is The Drunk Projectionist.